This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers pod special. An admission up front, I've always had a soft spot for Tottenham Hotspur. Perhaps... I'm drawn to the long-suffering of their fans, for whom last season must have served as a microcosm of the last 56 years of their club's history. That team, squad soaked with young talent, led by a charismatic, ambitious manager, raised title hopes, dazzling with peerless moments of ruthless beauty, only to dash those dreams as their campaign stalled out in the final straight. An experience that must have been all the more painful because of the memories it evoked of so many experiences like it that have come before. Memories packed with flamboyant entertaining stars. A cavalcade, Ozzy Ardiles, Glenn Hoddle, Paul Gascoigne, Jurgen Klinsmann, David Ginola, Berbatov and Gareth Bale, all of whom came to White Hart Lane Promised, dazzled, yet turned out to be false messiahs. Yet Tottenham Hotspur are a team on the brink of what Wired magazine would refer to as disruptive transformation. That new stadium, raising beam by beam, week to week alongside White Hart Lane, promises a future poised to divert from scripts of seasons past. Evidence that this is a club about to harvest a strategic blueprint that has fused youth development, player management, careful investment, and the building of a technologically state-of-the-art stadium replete with groundbreaking NFL partnership. And as a new era takes shape before our very eyes, I had the honour of going to Tottenham to make a film, To Dare Is To Do, which will debut this Sunday at 11am, on NBCSN, in which I speak to so many of the characters, from club chairman Daniel Levy, all the way to young protege American international Cameron Carter Vickers, to talk about the club's attempt to reinvent itself and its culture from one that entertains to one that wins. And on this pod, a taste of my film interviews with a remarkable trio, Mauricio Pochettino, youth development guru John McDermott, what a bloke, and goalkeeper captain Hugo Lloris. One note, Poch and Lloris can be difficult to understand at times, but their English is better than my Spanish or Francais will ever be, and their wisdom is worth holding on to. So first up, Mauricio Pochettino. fascinated by the seemingly small details that you impart that have huge effects like that you made all the players every morning shake hands with each other <laughs> yes i think that looks like a stupid thing but i think it's very important to create a good dynamic and when you touch a person you can feel you can translate emotion that is important because football is about emotion Shake hands. It's a very important thing to try to create a better feeling from the beginning on the day and start to work in a different mood. No? 
Part of the transformation has been powered by your willingness to work with young players. Spurs squad is the youngest in the Premier League, average age 25 years, 229 days. Trusting in youth can be a dangerous game. What is it that appeals to you about working with young players? It's part of my identity. When I was starting my career in Newell's Old Boys, a club that always believed in the younger talent and gives the possibility to work with the first team and if you have quality, the possibility to play on the first team. I think that was fantastic because we were in a club that was medium club in Argentina, but very successful team, win three titles. That was very important for me to understand that, yes, you can add good people and good players from outside. But I think the main group always need to be to the academy, always is important because that is the identity of the club. Your squad isn't just young, it's incredibly English. As a manager, you've given the England team nine debutants, including Harry Kane, Eric Dyer, Deli Ali. What is it that draws you to the English mentality? It's true that I like in the way that they behave and they are very honest on the pitch. They are very aggressive. That aggressivity maybe is difficult to find in another country. They are very competitive on the training session. They always are open to improve, and that is a very good thing for all the coaches. No? What are the qualities you look for for the players that you bring into the first team squad from the youth academy, apart from being a tactically good player? It's about the balance. Today, the player needs to be complete. Of course, good quality, technical, intelligent, strong, that run fast. You've said that they also have to have faith in the project. What does that mean? From the beginning, it was difficult because you see the history, the big club, always more important to sign players from outside, spend a lot of money, than give the opportunity to the younger to play on the first team. But after nearly three years, we show all the academy that we trust in them. If they have quality and they show that they are capable to play on the first team, they have faith in us, and that is a very, very important thing. The players you do sign, Eric Dyer, Toby Alderweireld, Deli Alley, most part been brilliant additions for great value. And you've shed players like Paulinho, Adebayor, Suakote. Can you talk about the profile of the players that you want to bring in? Again, not from a footballing perspective, but it seems there's a, there's a mental profile that you're looking for. We try to sign players that can improve our squad, not only in football quality, if they are very good people, better. We are Tottenham, we are a company. Football is the most important, but not only is football. It's football and people. If you were to explain the value of Tottenham, what Tottenham stands for to somebody who didn't know anything about Tottenham Hotspur, how would you describe it? To describe the team is one thing, to describe the club is different. For me, Tottenham is a club that generates passion, emotion, and that is important because that makes us very proud of uh, our team and our club. Tactically, you've transformed this team with an emphasis on high pressing up the field. Few teams could do what you did to Manchester City, just drive them backwards and their back four buckled. You used to think Spurs, soft underbelly, not anymore. <laughs> that is one quality of the team, that the pressure high. That is very good. When we don't have the ball, we want to recover the ball quick. And when we have the ball, we try always to play and build from back. 
To execute the intensity of your game plan, you have one of the most challenging training regimens in the Premier League. You'll have a double training session when you can, triple training in pre-season. The players talk about the body fat tests. <laughs> your team's run and run. One of your Southampton players said you need two hearts. <laughs> Last season, your Spurs did wilt down the home stretch. Was that physical, running and running, or was it mental? Like all in life, it's a balance. All is related, your body and your mind. I think it's a holistic thing that if you are not good here, you cannot run, you cannot move, you cannot play well. If you have some problem, it's difficult to be right in your mind. You were so close last year, so close. Does that feeling of defeat, does it stay in your gut? Does it eat away at you or does it motivate you and make you work harder? I try to take all in a positive way. It's true that at that moment that you are very close to take the glory. I think when something happened like this is because it wasn't our moment. And for me, it's a big motivation to try again. Where are we in your transformation process? Are we in the middle? Are we nearing the end? We are still on the start. We are very happy in the way that we are developed. But for me, it's in the first step. I think we start to grow up quickly in the moment that we get the new stadium, new possibilities, new income, I think all will change. Today is the moment to work hard, to try to settle the values and the principle. I think the potential of Tottenham half on the future is fantastic. What is success for you at Tottenham? To win trophies will be a big success. I want to believe that it's realistic today, but we need to work hard. We need to work hard and we need to believe that that is possible. Last season maybe we missed uh, some belief in that moment that we can be a champion of the Premier League. That is important to improve, to be intelligent and to push the level. And that is our challenge the next few seasons. What's your biggest fear? What keeps you up at night? I am never worried. I'm never concerned about nothing. For me, football, I don't take a big, big concern or problem or fears. For me, in life, you can fear something, but football, only you need to be clever and to be honest and work hard and all is possible. Oh, it's incredibly liberating. I feel an incredible <laughs> release. How good can this Tottenham Hotspur team be? Do they have what it takes to be champions? <sighs> I don't know. It's always in our mind. If you create bigger things in your mind, one day you can get. The problem is if you don't have in your mind big dreams, and that is impossible to build that or to create that. And we are a staff, a people. We are very ambitious about football. We have big dreams. And when I was very young, always in my mind, try to create big, big things and big dream and then not thinking too much and work hard to try to get. I think that is uh, the key for Tottenham. So it's all mental? Of course, it's, our mind is very powerful. It's the most important organ. The brain. The brain, of course. Gracias. De nada. What a bloke. And it is fascinating to hear that gent try and place football 
within its correct context in life. It's beautiful to hear him say that. I don't believe he means it for a single second, but I adore him for trying nonetheless. Another gent I spoke to at Spurs, John McDermott, Tottenham's head of coaching and development. I say one of the things I love most and most admire about Spurs' rise is their strategic decision to invest not just in their youth academy, but to focus that youth academy on recruiting talent that's inherently local. In a Premier League that is stuffed with global talent in which Manchester City scour the world for 16-year-olds, Spurs stand out as football's version of farm-to-table. I had the honour of speaking to the man who oversees it all, John McDermott, and our conversation will, I hope, be a delight for anyone who cares about serious youth development. John McDermott, most clubs in the Premier League love to buy players, elite players. Tottenham Hotspur love to develop them. Harry Kane, Harry Winks. Why would you do that when it's just easier to purchase a surer thing? What the club's committed to is the loyalty that comes with bringing through homegrown players. We get boys in now from seven years of age and then they'll register officially from under nine. What we're looking at is up until 11 or 12, it's not been too serious. We still want our boys to swim, we still want our boys to play cricket, to play basketball, to multi-sport. Even at 12 through to 16, the boys still got school, we want them to be in the school choir, we want them to be at the school discos and have an all-round life. I guess it's 17 or 18 when they come in, that's when it becomes more serious, that's when it becomes full-time and the boys then start to maybe specialise in the one sport. So all in all, probably 250 children and young men from 21 years of age down to nine, supported by probably 25, 30 full-time staff. It's a long-term view. It takes time, it takes years. It's not a quick fix. But I think what we've shown here is that with good people around and giving these young, often local players, an opportunity, it's amazing what happens when talent meets opportunity with the likes of Harry and some of the boys there that you've mentioned, we are starting to bear dividends. You started here in 2005. Yeah. Tough time to be in the youth development game in North London. Arsenal yeah. still in the wake of their invincible season. Didn't every young boy in North London dream of being developed but by Arsene Wenger? Probably, but what we've tried to do here is through good coaching staff, through good people surrounding the young players, I'd like to think now we are as competitive, if not more competitive, than our North London rivals and all of our other London rivals as well. What amazes me about this academy, not only how many players find their pathway through to the first team, but how many are truly local. Harry yeah. Kane, born in Chingford, Josh Onoma, Enfield, Harry Winks, Hemel Hempstead, all a stone's throw yeah. away from the academy. What's important to Tottenham about finding local players because I mean, big clubs, Manchester City, they are scouring the world for talent. Greater London, there's 13 million people. It's a huge population, population greater than Portugal. On our doorstep, we've got a rich, rich pool of talent. And irrespective of what other clubs do, we have a way here. Our way is to try and make sure that we really dig into the local talent. We're here at yeah. Hotspur Way. Yeah. Opened in 2012, $87 million facility. What's the essence of this place? The essence of this place, I wouldn't say, is necessarily the bricks and mortar. 
So the pictures are fantastic, the facilities are fantastic, but what I think you've got is really, really good people. The essence of this place is the spirit, is the competitiveness now that Mauricio's engendering. It's the staff, it's the players, but the privilege of working in these facilities you know, really, really does help. But facilities without outstanding people, and I don't think you get the products that we're getting at the moment. You've got a photograph yeah. you love to show the kids every pre-season. What yeah. is it and what message are you trying to convey? It is a mule by the side of a running river and there's a guy in the river trying to pull the mule in and there's his younger son behind with a stick trying to whack its backside to try and force it in. And I think however talented a young boy is and however much the environment is fantastic or the opportunities there for Mauricio or the coaching... Ultimately, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make it drink. And that's what we say with the young players. It's essential that they're intrinsically motivated. I think in this day and age now, with parents, with agents, with coaches, with so many trappings surrounding these young players, what we've got to try and do here is create an environment that makes these boys independent and makes them want to do it for themselves. But it can't be the pushy parent. It's not the pushy coach that makes them become players. It's that inner drive. And the players you mentioned before, the Canes, the Townsends, the Masons, the Corkers, they all had that intrinsic drive to want to do it, to want to do it for themselves and not because mum or agent or coach was trying to push them into it. It can't be too serious, too young. I think it's really important that the kids love football. They must love it. They must come here because they want to come here and not because it's a job. So you know, keeping that innocence... I think is a core ingredient of what we've got to try and do here so that when it does get tough, the kids are happy to stick with it through the tough times and not just quit. Spurs is a club that have proven that they give every chance to young talent. But what does your manager demand from the use that you deliver to his first team? It's interesting. Some colleagues around the country will say, oh, it must be great to have Mauricio as a coach. And it is. With the opportunity comes, I think, quite an awesome responsibility because Mauricio's standards are extremely elite. So, trying to develop players and for the players themselves, the expectation once they're up there is incredibly high. And it's not just the technical or tactical aspects. A lot of it with Mauricio, and a lot of what we try and engender here is how they are as young people. So what are the characters like? Are they honest, hardworking? Every day, do they go in and do the best? And it's unlikely if you go and train with Mauricio, you're not going to be playing regularly in the first team for maybe two, three years. So day in, day out, are you resilient? Do you keep going? Are you a good citizen? Well, what does that mean, John? What we're not trying to do here is train boys for the priesthood. But what we want is a level of professionalism in terms of what they eat, in terms of what they drink, the self-discipline that they've got to have when maybe some of their peers are going out 17 or 18 years of age. You know, these boys can't do it. And if they want to be elite, and they've got to have elite behaviours. A lot of the things with Mauricio as well around the behaviours is good manners and being very, very respectful. The word values and respect gets banded around and you go everywhere and it's on every wall as respect. But with Mauricio, it's how they live it. It's not just a motto or a logo. That They've got to be truly respectful to their teammates and to the coaching staff. What are you looking for in your players at the youngest levels, other than just footballing? The term we use often is wow moments. And that might be in terms of scoring goals. It might be in terms of making goals. It might be in terms of stopping goals. It's have they got something that makes them just stand out a little bit. It makes you go, wow, I like that, that's talented. You'd love to validate self-expression amongst yeah. the football players. How do you do that, They're developing individuals but within a team? I watch a lot of youth football and when I've been to the States and I hear a lot of 
coaches say, not there, where they may be trying to do something in their own half, whereas here it's take risks, it's trying to have this go-for-it mentality. The individual against collective is quite difficult for the boys to understand because they realise that in every year group, if one or two comes through, that's going to be highly, highly successful. In a way, if we're not careful, that can promote selfishness. It's got to be me. I want it to be me. It's all about me. Football, soccer is not an individual sport. It's not like athletics. It's not like tennis. If you are selfish, you're not going to be a soccer player. So it's trying to get that balance of the individual pushing himself and trying to get personal bests and be outstanding and excel, but he must be able to do that in the context of a team, in the context of a collective. And that fine balance about not being so selfless or so selfish, it's somewhere in the middle and trying to find that balance is the art, not the science, it's the art of the coach. Development, as you've said, it's part art, part science. You've said that some of the most talented players, their talent is not obvious at the early age. And conversely, some of the most talented players slip through the cracks. Yeah. One of those players almost was Harry Kane. Yeah. Joined the academy here when he was 11, but by the age of 14, he was struggling. Coaching soccer players and developing soccer players, it's not something that you can get a manual to. I can't give you a manual and say, here you go, read this, therefore you will produce players. With the soccer player, there are so many technical, tactical, physical, mental, social attributes that come into becoming a player. Harry, for example, Harry's one of the youngest boys in his age group. Harry was quite a late maturer. He wasn't the physically most gifted player at 14 years of age. But what Harry had was an incredible mentality and character to stick with the programme. God hadn't given him all the gifts that he may be given some other 14-year-olds. In a way, he was fortunate. He wasn't the childhood prodigy that everyone's saying he is going to be the next this or the next that. So he was a working talent. That work rate that he's got, I think, will stand him in good stead. Not just where he's got to now, but in his life and in his career. You've said you kept him on because of intuition. What did you see? What did you sense? It wasn't just me. I was fortunate then and fortunate now to work with some very talented staff. The intuition came from experience. I've been doing this since 1991. The experience of having some near misses before with, for example, an Ashley Young introduced me to this notion of the whispering talent. So talent that isn't very obvious, talent that isn't very loud. My job really is I'm winning at 21 or 22. I'm not looking for the best player in England at 16 because experience tells me that he is rarely the best player at 21 or 22. One of the key values that you try and impress on your players and your coaches here, it's yeah. humility. The modern football game, so awash with cash, yeah. opportunity, sponsorships, it's almost counter to that value. How on earth do you do it? If you're going to learn, you've got to have humility. The opposite of humility is hubris, where you get people who've got this foolish confidence. We're constantly fighting against players who, at a young age, being told how good they are. And I think if you don't have that capacity to want to learn, that capacity to be self-critical, that capacity to improve, you're never going to get to the position that the two Harrys get to. I think it is becoming increasingly difficult. More and more money is coming into the game and more and more money is coming into the game at a younger age and developing these players who are able to take on board criticism and who are able to reflect quite self-critically and then do something about it. That's what we're looking for. I would say that has become far harder in the last five or six years 
but you've got to be very careful that you don't tarnish everybody with this or the generation of today are all greedy because they're not. If you go meet some of the players now, they're, they're great kids, they're fantastic kids, they're really, really hungry. They're the ones that we want to harness and they're the ones that will be successful. What mandate do you give your coaches? Develop fantastic individual players yeah. or build winning teams? Develop fantastic players, but that can't become an excuse that, oh John, we lost 6-0 on Saturday, but we played really, really well. Part of the balance is trying to get individuals through and if they can get through to the first team, great. Or if they get through and play like David Button's doing at the moment, playing at Fulham, a great, great success. So can they get through? But they must get through within this context of being a team player. And they've got to be winners. They've got to be highly competitive. They've got to be desperate not to lose. And they've got to be desperate to do whatever's necessary to win. Pochettino is moving forward at such a fast pace, involving yeah. so many players from your academy in yeah. the first team. Do you ever wonder he's going to deplete all your resources? <laughs> he can deplete them as much as he wants. A couple of years ago, we didn't do particularly well in the under-23 league, under-21 league as it was. But Nabil Bentilab had played 19 or 20 games. So that year, in my opinion, we won. So we might not have won in terms of the league, <laughs> but we got one of our young players playing regularly, that's success. Now, if we'd have won the under-21 league as well, great. But the priority was for Nabil coming through. Similarly now, with the squad that Mauricio has, we've got Cameron Carter-Vickers, oh. who I think could be a potential talent. I've still got a lot to do and hasn't achieved anything yet, but Cameron's got a lot of the raw ingredients we're talking about. Cameron trains regularly with Mauricio. Does that mean that our under-23 side is weaker? Yes. Am I bothered? No, because I'd rather be up there where he's trying to kick Harry or defend <laughs> Harry every day. You know, that's far more of a developmental challenge than playing in the under-23s. When a young player is about to take the field for the first team at White Hart Lane for the yeah. first time, fans sing. he's one of our own. I think every English club loves to see one of its homegrown players come through. So players are really, really aware of that. Fans will be more patient with that player. What emotions do you experience as a gentleman that probably will have been with that player, possibly from the age of 11, 12, 13 onwards? Yeah. What emotions do you experience when you hear that song break away through the terraces at White Hart Lane? Pride, but pride for them, because whether it's me or the staff, all we can do is try and create an environment which allows them to be successful. But the boys have come through. They've done it because of themselves. They've done it because of their own drive. They've done it because of overcoming the levels of competition here, the self-discipline that they've got. It's not down to me. It's down to the commitment that they've put in. It's a pride for the parents who've probably been driving them here for nine or <laughs> ten years. On the first game, sometimes it's a little bit nervous. When Cameron played against Gillingham, I thought he'd be OK, but you never know until they actually play. And he was, and that was the most recent example. A sense of pride as well that players come through, because that's what you work seven days a week for. One of the things I love most about you and your approach to this work is that you've said you're as proud of the players that don't make it yeah. as of the ones that do. Yeah. Within every age that comes in full-time, there's usually about 15 boys. Not everyone's going to make it as a Premier League footballer, but you can make it in other ways, and I think that's really important, and that's... The job that we've got as an academy is to try and get these young boys a job. So they commit to us. They opt often not to go into a sixth form college. We've got to make sure that whether they leave at 18 or at some stage later that they've had an outstanding opportunity to try and do something with their life. 
we've got boys at university, we've got boys playing in low league football, we've got some boys that worked in the city, we've got a number of ex-players that actually come back and work within the academy and work with coaching or within sports science. You're a beautiful man, I'm so grateful. I wish I could have made a film solely about John McDermott's career and his philosophy. He is that fascinating a gentleman. But for the final word, I go to a player whom I've long admired. I adore the intensity. I adore the aggression that he brings to the field from an unusual source, the goalkeeper's area. This is club captain Hugo Lloris and our talk about how Pochettino's arrival heralded an instant transformation of the club's culture. You've said that when you arrived here, the fans used to live in the past through the exploits of mm -hmm. players like Luka Modric, Gareth Bale, Berbatov or Robbie Keane. And you've said now they're talking about our team, about the present and the future. What's changed, Hugo? The fans feel very proud to see some young players from the academy and that's very important for Spurs fans. And today we have a good mix between young players from the academy, some confirmed and experienced players. So we have a good balance, a good mix, and then we can work properly to achieve great things. Spurs teams in the past, when I was growing up watching them, they played some of the most beautiful football yeah. that was seen in England, but they could never win consistently. That's changed. You've said so much of that change is down to Pochettino arriving. Mauricio has brought all the things that we needed, all the things that we missed in the last few years. Like what? A proper philosophy of playing, philosophy of work. We feel not like a robot, but everything is done to perform well at the weekend, to be competitive and help the player to be his best in terms of fitness, condition, tactically, technically. We can feel and we can see the improvement of the team. We need to go step by step. Of course, we would like to win trophies, but this is the next step for this club and for this young team. In your own words, how would you describe that style of play, that philosophy? It's about modern football. We play an aggressive football, but at the same time, we try to we have the possession of the ball. We try to build up from the back, so it demands a lot of concentration because it's a bit risky sometimes when the opponent press, but we work in this way every day. It's an attacking football, but very modern. Football, it's easy to watch than to play. Pochettino comes in, turbulent time, mm -hmm. a locker room that wasn't unified. Mm -hmm. In he walks, can you describe, does he make changes across the board immediately? Or did he pick a couple of small details, use them as the symbolic power to signify this new era and then kind of grow, change slowly? Of course, he could not change everything in one year, yeah, in one shot. <laughs> but he showed a lot of intelligence, the way he managed the players, the squad. He's very honest. He never used to hide himself. He has no problem to manage face-to-face -face the players. And that's why the players have a lot of respect for him. And I think that's very important to feel that your manager has character, personality. How would you describe his training regimen? Because at Southampton, Pablo Osvaldo said he works you like a dog. There's times you want to kill him. But yeah. during the game, you are grateful for everything that he does. I remember the first few months after he arrived, it was very tough from the majority of the players to understand why we work so hard the week. 
But then we started to understand after three, four months because we felt the improvement of the fitness condition and we started to improve our statistics in terms of runs, high speed. Step by step, it created a real atmosphere of work and now it's just about details. The next step, I think, is to get experience and maybe to win a trophy because you work so hard that you need to be rewarded. Moussa Dembele said to me about the mentality. He said, we just feel that we're now men. What process do you use to take a group of elite footballers who are generally a fairly masculine bunch of gents and yeah. make them feel even more like men? There is a difference between two things. The first is I enjoy football because I play a good football. The second thing is I enjoy football because I win. This difference is big, is huge. Being a good team, maybe in the past, was enough for Tottenham. But because we change our mentality now, especially the players, uh, thanks to Mauricio Pochettino, now we want to play well, but we want to win. And our ambition and our motivation is to win. And you can see in the changing room before the game, through the eyes of the players, that they became men and they are ready to compete with the best team in England. It's the fire walking. <laughs> no, because we are very calm. We don't need to shout to claim what we feel. It's just about some few words, some few looking, and then to show on the pitch. What's Mauricio like in the locker room before the game? Is he energetic or is he calm? Both. He's calm, but he's Argentinian, so he has this grinta and he needs to, to share that with, uh, with his players. <laughs> Grinta. Aggressivity. It's normal for me. <laughs> oh, God, no, in life, it's one of my life goals. I need a lot more Grinta. A courier team, a young, not just English, but they're from North London. Yeah. I mean, the North London DNA pervades itself yeah. through the Tottenham locker room. What is that North London culture like from the perspective of the club's resident Frenchman? How would you describe it? It's about DNA, identity, especially when they're from the academy. They grew up watching Tottenham. They have this culture inside them, and that's what a fan like to. So they have the passion of a fan yeah. and the abilities of elite yeah. footballers. I understand that because I was in the same case when I played for Nice. I spent time in the academy, and I had my chance to play with a professional side. And I played three full seasons with Nice. It's not the same when you defend the color of your hometown. There is more passion naturally. And we can feel and see that from players like Harry Kane, Harry Wings. So that's very good for the team and even for me as a French player with another mentality. The partnership between Jan Vertonghen and Toby Alderweireld is remarkable. What language do you three speak <laughs> on the field? We speak in English, but sometimes we can speak in French. They speak between them in Flemish, but the football is universal. Sometimes you don't need to speak to understand your teammates. You just need a, a look. You've said that the way Pochettino has you playing, that the first defender is the striker, mm -hmm. and the first attacking player is the goalkeeper. <laughs> can you describe what you mean? I feel this responsibility to keep the ball on the floor as much as possible. Of course, sometimes you have no choice and you need to kick the ball long, but the main thing is try to build up from the back. And then we demand to the offensive player to care the ball, to not lose the ball too easy. And then, of course, there is a fighting spirit and uh, aggressivity and a lot of 
things that you cannot learn. This is a demand of the manager. Can you describe at White Hart Lane, the ball is played to your feet. Mm -hmm. You look up, what do you see? What are you looking for? What's your first option? What's your second option? And the first option is my back four, two central defenders. If they are pressed by, by the opponent, the second option is over. It's my full backs with a short, long ball. To Kyle yeah. Walker, yeah, charging exactly. down the flank. Danny Rose. And then maybe there is a possibility with uh, my two holding midfielder, but that's very risky. The easiest option, I want to say, it's the long ball, but most of the time it's a ball that you lose because it's difficult, especially in England, to win the ball and the second ball is the big <laughs> five. But the key is the movement of the players in front of you. They make things very easy for me because they are ready in their mind as soon as I get the ball to run and demand the ball. And that's very important. And if in a bad day one or two players start to run less... Uh, Slack off. Yeah, that makes me the job very difficult. How good are you with your feet? You play in training. Mm -hmm. How genuinely good are you? If you're a field player, you weren't a goalkeeper, what level would you be? I changed a bit my style of play when I met Mauricio Pochettino. Before that, the demand of my manager was to be a goalkeeper. So I was more focused on my goalkeeping works. When he explained me the philosophy of playing, and of course with my goalkeeping coach, we train every day in this way. And then makes me more comfortable and very calm. I can consider it like a modern football. Yeah. You said recently you can't pretend to be a challenger. You can't pretend to be a big club. What do this club need to go next level, to enter the promised land? I think the next level is to win a trophy altogether. can give a big reward for all the players, for the manager, big pride for our fans too, and then can maybe give us more confidence for the future. You're the club captain. Yeah. How confident are you that you'll experience that opportunity to lift the trophy in a Spurs jersey? I would love, I would love, that's my target. At the same time, you need to understand that we are in the Premier League, the most competitive league in the world. There is a lot of challenge for the title or for the top four. And it's becoming harder and harder every season because all the clubs have the ability to spend a lot of money and buy very good players. But that's why we enjoy playing in Premier League because it's competitive and every weekend it's a big fight. Things that maybe you can miss in other league. Can you clear up a mystery for me? A lot of Spurs players have re-signed contracts recently. Mm -hmm. Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, Delhi, Eric Dyer. Yeah, the list is long. <laughs> Pochettino looks like the same in every single photograph. Same suit, same shirt, same yeah. tie, same pose, same haircut. Mm -hmm. How does he do this magic? <laughs> you should ask him. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all shot the same day. God, it's amazing. I need that barber. Maybe it's superstition, you know. We have the same suit, so they have the same haircut. I don't know. I've <laughs> had the same haircut for the last 20 years. It's not done me any good. <laughs>
To Dare Is To Do, which debuts this Sunday on NBCSN at 11am. A lot of NBC editors have worked incredibly hard on that documentary. It airs right after Spurs, Trump Stoke City. And thanks to all at Tottenham, I really enjoyed visiting at such a transformational time in the club's history. Pochettino is truly an impressive bloke. And understanding the added financial muscle the new stadium will bring to the club, combined with the young talent that he's got at his disposal, if the club can keep all those pieces together, they just might do the unthinkable and create a Tottenham who wins. Courage.